This is episode number 19 of Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy with Dr. Jessica Tartaro. That's me. Last week, I talked about grief and its intimate connection to pleasure. This week, I want to talk about conflict and how conflict is a healthy, vital, and essential part of authentic relating. When I say conflict here, I mean anything where there might be any form of disagreement, tension, friction, hurt feelings. I'm also using conflict to address grief or any issue that may have no obvious resolution. Across the couples I coach who wrestle with challenging issues, the primary coping tool that I see is avoidance of conflict, a general pretending away from any challenging reality. I've been humbled to find out how common this is and to recognize it in myself too. This compensation, the avoidance of fraught emotional material, can be emotionally deadly over time. As I begin to explain this, I wonder if anything in your life comes to mind that you avoid. When I was growing up, after my mother died, her absence and my father's anger were two things that as a family we avoided. And I wish we hadn't. Though these topics would have been so painful to address, and I'm not even sure how we would have, I do know that the pain of talking about them could have been less than the long-term damage that was done by pushing them away. So what happens when little and big conflicts are chronically avoided in any relational system? Well, there are two main consequences I see. One is that our emotions risk losing sensitivity and the relationships risk flatlining. In an ecosystem dominated by avoidance, connection is attempting to happen in a shrinking real estate of what isn't hidden. So the range of expression must constrict. This is where the numb feelings may show up as the juice in the system drains out. What's left is niceness and going through motions as the avoided material takes up more and more of your emotional vitality. The other potential consequence of chronic emotional avoidance is that the relationships become volatile from sitting atop repressed emotions that need expression one way or another. It's like trying to eat dinner over a field of landmines, leaving us perpetually anxious about a potential and unpredictable explosion. In either case, avoidance significantly diminishes the quality of our relating. So where did we adopt this avoidant stance? How did we learn to avoid conflict? Well, if in child, if in childhood we learned that conflict meant abuse and violence, it's totally reasonable to conclude that conflict would be worth avoiding at all costs, especially if addressing conflict in healthy ways was never modeled. Avoidance simply became our default, the best we knew to do. It doesn't make any of us bad that we started avoiding the tough stuff. But it also doesn't help our emotional well-being to stick with this default as our only tool for relating to pain as we grow into and grapple with adult relationships. Tension, 
misunderstanding, clumsiness, confusion, grief, anger, disillusionment, and frustration are all healthy expressions of connection along the trajectory of trusted relating. Basically, as long as the relationship is one of overall health and wholesomeness, where no person is compromising their integrity or quality of life to be in the relationship, addressing conflict when it arises is a sign of growth, fullness, and authenticity. Really. Yet somewhere along the lines, our society's relational norms dictated that anything but happy was bad. From couples to families to small teams to large corporations, I've witnessed this insidious pressure to keep up a smile that I believe has done great damage to how we perceive full-range emotions. What if you shifted your measure from seeing emotions as either good or bad to asking yourself how real, authentic, and genuine are my expressions right now? Expressing real feelings in the presence of support and our own capacity to regulate our nervous systems is what I believe our bodies were designed for. There is truly a sweet pleasure in feeling authentic to ourselves, even in the big emotions or what we might call the negative feelings like sadness or anger. Instead of calling these bad or negative, consider simply asking the question, am I expressing what is true for me here? Now, Please hear, this is far from license to say anything to anyone at any time, just as long as it's authentic. No. A number of conscious relating movements that teach authenticity seem to advocate for a general free-for-all of expression. I'll be honest, I think these folks have their heads stuck up a very dark, stinky place with this notion. Authenticity is only authenticity in the presence of care, kindness, and respect for others' boundaries. Lacking those, it's not authenticity, it's abuse. So there's a real line here. If you cross it, you risk damage to others. So don't do that. Addressing conflict in healthy ways takes practice. And just like when a long shut-off faucet is cranked on, it will spew grime and blackened grit before fresh water can flow, At first, what may come out in your healthy conflict practice may be a lot of gunk. It's okay. Most of us are so cut off from finding our center and speaking what's true when we perceive tension that it can feel terrifying to start. Authenticity with kindness to self and other takes enormous courage and skill. I have not perfected this practice but I have spent several years practicing it. And I suggest that preventive medicine is key. Here is a five-step preventive medicine process that you might consider. Number one, on a regular basis, release the charge of your pain through grief practices. Physical movement, emotive sounding, and time in nature, ideally both alone and in the company of others. Number two, if you are in connection to others and there is something that has been unsaid, the first step is naming it. Put a headline on it, like you were putting a caption on a picture. In a moment where you and your partner or team or family has agreed to give mindful attention to your relationships, you might try saying something like, 
So we are sitting here after dinner, and it's been a long time since we have acknowledged that our dog died last month, and yet I think we are all feeling it in some way, and we have been fighting more than usual. There's your caption. Boom. Just calling by name what is happening without too much interpretation. In doing this, you are breaking a significant sound barrier, which will shift the entire center of gravity of your relational system. Number three. You can then make a request or state an invitation. I wonder if we can talk about this. You don't have to know what to say or how to say it. Just go slowly from here. Number four, each person might share how they feel. This is not a time to blame. This will be a time for sharing personal feelings. Rather than you made me feel blank, you might try, I've been feeling sad and, I'm, and lonely and I'm not sure what to do with those feelings. The intent here is to put the feelings on the table without trying to fix or solve. Remember episode 16 about listening without fixing. It, number five, in a number of my groups, we often appoint a vibes watcher, someone whose job it is to remind us to take a breath when things speed up. Anyone at any time can be the vibes watcher in these conversations, inviting a breath or mindful pause, especially in moments where you may want to solve or blame. What you want to avoid is taking your pain out on one another and instead share your pain as if it's a complete sentence that doesn't need someone to blame or some resolution attached to it. For this week's homework, I invite you to try putting a caption on the scene of your life where there has been avoided material. Perhaps start with your journal. Perhaps invite a mindful space with your friends or loved ones and do a naming step and invite discussion where there is no blame and a focus on each person's own emotional experience. Getting audible around what has been silent in your relationships can bring a profound amount of juice, energy, and steadiness back to your connections. I want that for all of us. I wish you brave practice this week. This is Dr. Jessica Tartaro with Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy. Oh, oh, oh.